Welcome to Let's Chat, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon from Asbury Church in Wichita, Kansas. You are invited to join the discussion on the Sermon Discussion Facebook group page. Thanks for listening. Well, hello again, everyone. This is the Let's Chat podcast of the Sermon Discussion page at Asbury Church. I am Rick Just, Senior Pastor of the Asbury Church, and grateful to be here with a couple of my compadres. So I'm going to I'm going to be really careful when I say on my right this time. So on my right would be Susan Innes, Congregational Care Pastor. Excellent. And then I have one, only one more, so only one more person can say something. So Steve Weathers, intern with Pastor Rick Just. All right, glad to have you both with us. Nathan is uh, gearing up to. Fly to Indiana on purpose today. Yeah, he's he's going to be on vacation. It's been a year and a half since he's seen his, see family. his family. Wow. So on, that's going to be awesome. That's yeah. going to be awesome. So you know, it's a little uh, rainy right now. I don't think that should bother. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. storms in the area now. I don't know what it looks like in Indiana, but we're praying he has a good time. So you folks keep him in your prayers. We're grateful that uh, you can join us today. We're picking up a little bit from last week where I talked about uh, we are the church together. And we were just sitting around here a little bit prior to uh, our time with you all, just kind of talking about, well, what do you think about this whole thing of togetherness uh, or lack of, lack of community, uh, those kind of things that have happened? You know, COVID, we talked about COVID, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about how that's affected us. But really, I mean, over the last 25 to 30 years, the loss of what uh, Putnam would say about social capital even that whole piece of, of community together. But, you know, in your, in your role as congregational care pastor, you were sharing some thoughts about what happened when mm-hmm. we lost some of that. So why don't you share some of that if you don't mind? It was really difficult. It was difficult on me to not be able to go visit because that's so much of who I am, uh, is getting out <clears throat> and actually seeing people. I, I struggled with that a lot. I would even try and play the pastor card and go, you can't even let their pastor. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. no, it's COVID. Card. Dang it. Um, so we've, we found other ways to stay in touch and, and in community phone calls, newsletters. Um, a lot of people in the church stepped up to write notes. But overall, if you look at society overall, um, I have a good friend who's a funeral director, and they were just slammed last year. And, and all of the funeral funeral directors she knew were slammed purely because, and not necessarily just COVID, but there were a lot of elderly literally passing away from not being in community because yeah. they, yeah. even though they shut the doors to the senior residences, they actually had them confined in isolation to their own rooms and apartments. And that that's a small well, It's like space. you're in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they like had, you know, jail. they delivered food to the rooms, you know, but... Yeah. I understand they were trying to keep people safe and there was no way to know how fast it was going to spread or what that was going to look like. So they, you know, didn't have the dining rooms open. They didn't have activities any longer. But that was just a really harsh turn for folks who are feeling isolated and separated from families. We are blessed that my mom was even here. I couldn't see her, but they set up video chats and things. But there are a lot of people she lives with whose families even live out of state. Right, right. So there's no, it it just, you know, they felt really abandoned and then they gave up. And and so that that was a whole different ballgame. I I just don't think we can over, uh, we, we just can't speak enough about the need for each other. 
the need for community, the need to gather together. I use that word, I don't know how many times, I wish I had a dollar for every time, but, you know, use that word together so many times in, in, the, in the sermon. And then, Steve, you were even saying in light of some of the things that happened with your wife and where she works, if you don't mind sharing some of that. With with my daughter, uh, yeah, with, kind of yeah, that thing. With your daughter, I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, there's a developmental stage around 18 months um, that they go through a separation. Uh, the the 18 month old child goes through a separation when you take your child to daycare or to church or you know the YMCA child care or something like that, and the kids will basically scream because mom and dad's not there and they're mm-hmm. with strangers, and that development happens around the 18 month mark. Well, when COVID hit last year. Our daughter was 18 months at the time, so she missed out on that because we were all confined to our houses, basically. And now that things are starting to open open up again, she's 30 months old now, and she's experiencing something that she should have experienced a year ago. Yeah. And so now, you know, other kids are going through the same thing, but sometimes it's weird. You get a parent looking at you like, why is your three-year-old acting yeah. this way and it's just because she was it's a developmental delay yeah. in that so it's it's interesting to to see what isolation or uh closing everything down can affect both the elderly like you uh experience in your visits and then you know children yeah. that go through those development and make those relationships and all, stuff as well ages. so i just yeah, think it covers man, i think about what you just mm-hmm. said there and i just wonder okay so we we missed a period of time of being together did we scream did we scream that maybe it wasn't mom and dad, but that we weren't there, that we had separation anxiety? Did we scream in the same way during those? You remember the 13 weeks we were apart, yes. then another mm-hmm. seven or eight later on? And I wonder, you know, since, since we weren't here, since people were not there. Now, for us, we were blessed as a staff because we still were able to be together, and we, we kept doing at least – being active together and leading worship together, even though it was all on the other side of the screen. But for the other folks, it's mm-hmm. like, ah, mm-hmm. there was some screaming. Is there screaming now? I'm just thinking about, you know, how we've got into a little bit of a comfortability. Some people have fallen into that trap a little bit. We've had that conversation somewhat of, oh, this is pretty nice. Uh, but then mm-hmm. not realizing that great need. L- let me just pull this verse up again and see what you all think. Uh, this is this is what I read Sunday morning uh, from Ecclesiastes, from chapter four, verses nine. Uh, I'm going to read just nine and ten right now. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. What do you make of that verse? What do you think of that? How do you handle that? I mean, does that hold true for you? Yeah, definitely. The first thing I thought when you were reading it, funnily enough, on Sunday was, wow, that's used in so many weddings, and yet it has such a broader mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was much harder. I, I, again, look at some of our folks who are single or, you know, single by by calling. There's, there's a calling of singleness in the Bible. But then we also had some of our folks whose partners had their their better halves had passed away, wives, husbands, and they they struggled. You know, we we had someone who would regularly just 
drive by the church and honk and wave yeah. because she she needed to see people yep. and and know that there was still something going on. I another lady told me that she every day put a bottle of water in her car and just drove. Drove at least an hour and then drove back in different directions because again she she could not stay in that house twenty four seven by herself. So I think God's trying to remind us and speak clearly to us that we do want to be in community and that the community we choose to participate in actually matters. So what happens then? What happens if okay use the word choose? What happens if a person chooses not? to be a part of, even in this case where it says, you know, with two, if one falls down, the other can be there. Well, what happens then? I mean, you've seen that. Steve, you've probably seen that. I mean, just uh, people who are just absolute isolationists, and then they find themselves in the pit. Then what? Then what? When I think of isolation like that, I I think of the desert fathers uh, who would go out and be isolated and be by themselves completely. And when people came, they became upset about it. Um, but I think of that because Which is weird kind of, it is, it is someone like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about screaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just odd because they want to remove themselves from the world basically. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know enough about them, but I, I think that they basically want it just to be them and God in that relationship. And and that's also what God wants, but he created us for community. Now, I don't know of anybody currently that's out in isolation as far as like the desert fathers are. I would imagine there probably are, but you don't hear them. They're, they're not being written about or anything like that. But I think that they try to remove themselves from the world so that they could focus on exactly what God wanted. And maybe the world for them was too tempting to, uh, noisy for them and they had to remove themselves to hear what god was saying well there is this mindset i mentioned it sunday i believe but uh, it's me and jesus yeah it's me and jesus and and we got it all going on we got it everything's all right well i don't know Uh, what do you think susan what do you think about that i think that lacks accountability then Mm. especially so like separating because you know i have someone I love dearly who is a serious isolationist. and um, But she is not choosing community with Christ over other things at this point in time. So that's a a different context than what we're talking about than when we say, you know, those who say, well, it's just Jesus and me. I think, well, then it's awfully easy for Jesus to become who you want him to be. Yeah, you form him in your image. Who the Bible says he should be because we hold... And again, not in a mean, angry, so many people, I think, when you say accountability in Christ, think that it's some sort of judgmental, angry, well, you know, don't even step in the doors of our church until you've got your act together. And that's such a wrong attitude and not what Jesus started the church for to begin with. Bring your broken heart, Mm. bring your messy life, bring all your sins, all your all the ugliness, bring it here because that's where then we can together work our way through it. And so Mm -hmm. it it lacks accountability. And then Jesus, of course, lacks truth because you're not having any truth fit into your life when you're Christian. Jesus lacks truth. What do you mean? 
as in the Jesus you create in oh, your I own got you. image okay. Okay. lacks the truth okay. of who he is. Sorry, gotcha. clarification yeah. is yeah. a beautiful thing. I just wanted to make thing. sure because I would have heard, they would have heard that and go, okay, Yeah, wait the a Jesus that we create in our own minds when it's just us yeah. and, and Jesus then lacks any truth of who he really is. Yeah. Yep. who he speaks. Yeah. Speaks and you know, over the being. years, you know, I've been in ministry for some time, and there's yeah. been some of the Jesus and me thing, uh, folks out there, and 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 when I you know call them on that, just say just to have them think about that, um, it, there really was this, you don't need to hold me accountable type thing. I'm not going to be accountable to you, and well, I'm, I'm not just saying to me, I'm, but I'm just talking about to the body itself that we are there mm-hmm. for one another. Uh, it. it because we are, we are a people who, who are relational. Like I said, even if you're, even if you're very introverted, there's still something uh, about the relationships that, that we want and desire and so forth. Uh, I mentioned the whole thing. I thought of this uh, Sunday night because we actually had life group and, and I was grilling. So I thought about the briquettes, you know, even though I was using a propane grill. But I thought about the, the briquettes <laughs> and, and how that does, how true that, that is. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, there may be a crisis that happens. This happens a lot. I think both of you have experienced this. This happens where there might be a crisis in a person's life. And rather than run, if you will, to the body to say, I need your help, they run away, they separate themselves, they, and, and pretty soon they're off and have gotten cold and gray like the mm-hmm. briquette, and then wonder why they're in such a pit. Mm-hmm. And, and many times, even without us knowing it, you know, and, and we, I can just see that illustration over and over again where people will, instead of run to the church, they run from the church. And I don't mean the building. I mean the people. Uh, now, obviously, we can go into why they may do that. Maybe they've been burnt. Maybe who knows whatever. But uh, the biblical understanding is that we would run to the community of faith to help us during that time, to help us during that time. So, yeah, that's, that's a struggle for sure. But, you know, you see a passage like this, and then he goes on to say, and, and you know, uh, at the end of it, a cord of three st- strands is not quickly broken. <clears throat> and there, it just goes on to say how important we, ne- we are to each other. I've used this with children's stories, you know, where you take a piece of paper and have a kid, hey, tear this pe- piece of paper, and they tear it in half. And you give them another two of them, maybe, and they can tear it in half. Pretty soon if you had 20 pieces or even the catalog, there's no way they can tear that. Mm-hmm. They, they just can't do it. There's too much, too mu- too many pieces there that are that are too strong for them to tear. And so it's a good illustration for us that that we are there for one another. Uh, but we are in this individualistic me generation and and uh, well, magazines. I I I me me me. Uh, you know. I think it's difficult as well right now with social media and internet access. The way you can literally plug into exactly what you want to hear. Well, the algorithm then comes up and yeah, you, uh, just you, affirms you know, what you want. You can just continually plug into what what you need to hear, and it, it can get so distracting, and it sounds so good. Even Christian stuff can sound. I was listening to a, a Christian speaker um, on radio while I was driving back from New York with my friend last week, and it sounded sounded great. But then things were getting thrown in there that I thought they were serious red flags to me. Mm. Um, And I thought, you know, 
if we aren't careful and, and we listen to this stuff and we're, oh, yeah, you know, you get real caught up into it, you can really get totally led astray. And it can even be something that you think is for Christ, but it's not ultimately. They have a, a propaganda or an agenda that they're sneaking in there that you don't hear because you are hearing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I mentioned from Proverbs, uh, iron sharpens iron, and the fact that, you know, we do need each other in that way to keep us from bunny trailing down those those trails, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, yeah, it can sound really good, and pretty soon you get sucked into that. You don't even realize it. It can be pretty subtle. You know, the devils can be very subtle at times. In fact, more often than not. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it's like, what just happened here? So I want to get to this. Uh, I mentioned the book Bowling Alone and this whole, I mentioned social capital, the loss of social capital, loss of community and all that. I mean, he was writing back in, in 2000 and so forth of things he'd seen for the previous 25 years. What do you think about this? Do you agree with him when he's talking about, you know, air conditioning's kind of messed us up, even though we like it? Um, garage door, automatic garage door openers have messed us up, even though we like it, right? Um Fenced yards, pretty nice. Got a dog, you know. But do you see, what do you think of what he has to say there? What do you think, Steve? What did You know, when you hear that, does that make sense? Or were you thinking, uh, he's just trying to do some fun research for a book? Well, honestly, I I don't know. I Because I haven't really, I, first off, I, don't, I haven't read the book. Sure. Uh, so I don't know what he's, he's written. But uh, that definitely gives me something to think about. Um, and what, what exactly he means, how the AC messed us up or the garage door messed us. Is it because we've become lazy? Well, you know, what he was saying is, you know, we've shut all our windows now because we have air conditioning. So we don't hear the neighbor outside talking. So we don't go out to talk because we don't hear the neighbor talking or, or with the garage door opener automatic, it goes up when you pull in the drive, it goes down when you pull in. So you're not outside ever. You go straight into the house. You don't, you don't ever have any interaction. You can have the, you can have the, uh, you know, the fenced-in yard. Pretty soon you have a gated community. I mean, he's just trying to say there's some things that, that just kind of shows. Oh, hey, here, here's some things that really have have led us to where before people would sit out on their porches right, okay. and they're fanning. Mm-hmm. It's hot, but you know they'd find a tree or something, sit under, sit on the porch, whatever, and and shoot the breeze. You know, shoot the bull. Um, so it's kind of led us to self-isolating. Yeah, some, it's some aspects us, we've kind of done visible. it. We haven't even really seen it yeah. happening to ourselves. And, you know, there's arguments for, for and against that, of course. But I think that it just reminds us there's an intention, intentionality behind what we do. I mean, I think That's about exactly it now all the time. exactly what I was going to say. Well, that just means then that we have to be more intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think about it now a lot because uh, I'm, I'm seeing garage doors go up. I see cars pull in. And immediately, immediately, the car, the garage door goes right back down. For one, I like that I have my garage air out a little bit. Mm-hmm. The other, the vehicle's hot, and I don't want any more heat in there than I have to have. And uh, I just like to have it open for some. And, and thankfully, like where we live, we have some great neighbors around us. And so, of course, I'm, I'm extroverted. You know that. So I, I don't mind having, having conversations, <laughs> checking in and so forth. Yep. But uh, some people don't like that. So it's here, it's easy. Let me push the button. Yep. So we push the button uh, to the relationships of our lives, and the door comes down, and never the twain shall meet of a conversation that we may need to have because we will ask, hey, is everything going okay? And everybody will say, sure, fine. When in reality, eh. It's deeper. Probably not the case. Yeah. Probably not the case. You know, 
And then there is that intentionality again. We have a couple neighbors around us and we've purposely gotten each other's phone numbers and we, we actually text quite a bit and, and that's great. And we've actually started texting things that are going on or things we can help with or, you know, thanks for checking in or, you know, can you keep an eye on my house? Cause I am out of town, mm-hmm. you know, so, so mm-hmm. we have found different ways, I think. Uh, and I think, but again, they, t- they take, motivation and intentionality to to figure that out yeah and we need to keep our eyes open ears open and all that around us uh, i mean I, I even mentioned the self-serve gas station i mentioned the self-serve at walmart or dylan's oh, or yeah. wherever we are so it's uh, you know <laughs> it, it's just out there but you know uh it, it was said i mentioned sunday that um a personal this is maxi dunham speaking a personal experience of christ kept private soon dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about that? I mean, sometimes we don't think about those kind of statements. It just seems a very true statement, a personal experience of Christ. The New Testament was really the story of the stories of the people. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, know, so Paul would tell, here's what happened to me. I was going to Damascus. I was on my way. I was going to go kill people like you. All of a sudden, you know, the living Jesus, the risen Jesus, he, he, he meets me and I have a come to Jesus moment. So he's just, he's just telling the story. If he kept to that, that to himself, the gospel would not have been spread. Yeah. You know, other people wouldn't have heard that their lives could be turned upside down. Well, and was it Jesus that said to go out and make disciples of all nations? He didn't say stay in yeah. your house, yeah. you know, and stay in your community. He said to go. You know, it was an action to get out there and yeah. not stay to yourself. So yeah, and those of you out, out there listening, uh, we're going to be talking more about that too. In fact, probably this Sunday there'll be a little bit of that piece coming up because that comes from the Great Commission. I mean, we are commissioned to make disciples, and part of that is the going. I mean, mm-hmm. to go and do so. And so it's it's not sit around and hope they'll show up so that they can become a disciple. Uh, there is the going piece to that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Preview. And it's not for... Just clergy and missionaries. It's, yeah. it's for everyone. And I think we like to kind of pocket that with, well, well, you guys are the ones called to that. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us are not. But yeah, it's not well, true. Well, the Methodist movement was the movement of the laity. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know Wesley and we, we know the stories, some of those stories. But really the movement, the power of the movement was what God was doing really through the community of the laity. I mean, mm-hmm. the laity is what makes up the church. I mean, do a comparison of how many clergy versus laity. And the word clergy is not even in Scripture anyways. Uh, we're, we're all laos. Right. We're the part of the laity, the people of God. And so we have to be really careful there. But that great movement occurred when, when great community took place and, Susan's favorite word here today, accountability was happening. We'll talk more about that too. You know, accountability and what that looks like in the societies and the classes and the bands and to ask the questions. And, you know, uh, it's just we're not good at that. We're really not good at that. Mm -hmm. We'd rather go and have the potluck and talk about yesterday's football game or whatever rather than, I mean, I get it. We're not going to do that every hour. But there's those times we need to be upfront and honest with one another to help each other because we're all in different different places. We all find ourselves sometimes in the pit, and we need to be there for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're running 
to the end here, but I just wanted to lift up a couple things. I mentioned several times the word together. Uh, in Acts, we see they were together when the church was born. We see they were together when they were having fellowship. We, we see that they were together, heart and mind. They were sharing. When they saw a need, they were together. They were aware. Jesus talked about where two or three are gathered together in my name. All of that. And then the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about, let us, let us. How many times did he say, let us? That's the people together, the believers together, draw near to God, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us consider how we can spur one another on. You know, that, that real, literally, I mentioned a literal jab so that we might respond. We need, mm-hmm. we need to jab each other from time to time. Let us not give up meeting together. I, this kind of stirred it up with a few people. I didn't write the book. I'm just, I'm just sharing the message. Let us not give up meeting together. That's the call. That's what separates us out, that we, that, we, that we then do come together as the called out people. We come together. That way we might be encouraged and empowered, et cetera, that we may go out, which you just said, mm-hmm. that we might make disciples. We just flat out need each other. Yeah. We just need each other. So, you know, if there was a takeaway, and I'll, you know, here's the thing, podcast people. Um, a lot of this is off the cuff, and I just tell them to hang on and be ready. Uh, we do look at a few things ahead of time. But if there was a takeaway from the sermon from Sunday, if there was something you go, yeah, I'm going to hang on to this, or this is something that I really heard, uh, I'll put you two on the spot. I'll start with Susan, if you don't mind. But is there something that maybe grabbed you that maybe you go, yeah, I'm going to work on that? I think what uh, I'm trying to, you know, because sometimes when you're hearing a sermon, you have like this big overview and and it's hard to put it into words. And that's kind of how I felt on Sunday in that it's good to be together, but we need to be careful how we are together. We need to be gracious to one another. We need to see each other through God's eyes as well. That all, all that kind of came to me because as you're saying this, I'm also thinking of the people, you know, that Nathan is trying to reach right. at the brewery ministries right. who have been so hurt and so damaged. Right. And um, even maybe not even by the church. Again, someone I love dearly has a lot of issues with God because of, of loss that she's experienced. And when we just go, well, you know, you just need to kind of buck up and look to Jesus, that we have a lot of platitudes that we share together that we in the church have heard, and it can be very encouraging to us, but to others, it falls very short. And, and so I, I, I'm going on, but because I saw a lot of things come out of it, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I couldn't find that one kind of zinger. It was a bigger picture Yeah, and for I think, me. you know, I, I think what you're saying is, is some of the things that, I believe we'll be addressing as we continued through this because mm-hmm. there is going to there is going to be a point to where actually Nathan is going to preach and we'll you and I actually will probably lift up a few of the things prior to but Nathan is definitely going to lift up some things in a sermon um, about the things that are going on just beyond our local gathering here in the bigger picture mm-hmm. of of what that looks like what God is doing and how we're entering into that to be the church. How about you Steve is there anything that maybe yeah, grabbed you? Yeah. Um so it, it's the fact that when you're in relation with God, you need to be in relation with other people as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going back to, and I want to make this too personal, 
because that's what they teach you in seminary. Preaching is don't talk about yourself. Um, but I'm going to talk about myself. I'm going to be a little bit soul naked here just for, right. for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, in seminary, I'm, I'm doing it 100% online. And in doing so, I'm not in community Mm-hmm. with my fellow classmates yeah. and it's really been a struggle for me sure um as far as uh, even as much as like am i s- s- still supposed to go through with seminary class because i'm not there i don't have somebody that i can talk to after class or discuss theological discussions or anything like that so with with that has been a downward downward spiral for me as far as my relationship with God as well because right. um, I I haven't been going to church consistently up until started interning with Rick we mm-hmm. would go to different churches here or there but I wasn't making that connection I wasn't making I wasn't in community with anybody it was just me isolation mm-hmm. basically. Um, and when Rick was talking, when you fall, when you're with somebody, they're there to help you out of that pit or, you know, offer you that rope to get mm-hmm. you up or that hand, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And where I've been, I haven't had that rope thrown yeah. to me because I've been by myself and listening Sunday, that was eye opening because I'm starting to get back on that road again. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm looking for those ropes to pull me out or that hand to pull me up. And I think that's so key. That's so vital in a relationship with Christ is because mm-hmm. we are going to stumble. Yep. I mean, we're human. We're going to fall. We're going to sin. Now, are we going to have somebody that's going to come alongside us and help us get through that? Yeah. Or do we think that we can handle it on our own and we can't get out of the mess that we put ourselves in? Yeah, and you out there, uh, I tell you what, think about those questions. I mean, wrestle with those things. You're going to be out there by yourself? I mean, how's that working? You're going to be out there by yourself? Or are you going to surround yourself with people who can be there? And some of that comes as you build relationships and trust comes that you you know that that person who's throwing you the rope really means it. You know, so um, these are some really good things we're talking about today, and we're going to continue to go down this road on what it means to be the church. Appreciate you two today. I'm going to close with this. This comes out of that passage in Acts chapter 2 where they had the fellowship of the believers and that they, you know, they were gathering together every day with glad and sincere hearts. It says they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Yes, God. I, I, I tell you what, as, as we're the community of faith, I believe there will be something that people will notice and they'll go, I want what they have. Mm-hmm. I want that. And thus they will be the people who are added daily to those being saved. So that's where we're at, folks. Uh, we really appreciate you taking some time. You can actually subscribe to this. Uh, there should be a subscribe button down there below. If not, just uh, call Sarah. She'll get you fixed up on that. She'll help you figure it out. But we're very appreciative. Uh, keep the faith. Press on. Persevere in Jesus, we pray. Have a great day and a great week. Thanks for taking time to listen to Let's Chat. Asbury Church's weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon. We invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings or anytime via our website at www.asburychurch.org, YouTube, or Facebook. Then let us know what you think about the sermon on the Sermon Discussion Facebook page. Have a wonderful day.